All right, folks. So tonight on the Big O Belt podcast, we're going to talk about because there's a lot of people saying who and who should not be in the Hall of Fame. So let's actually talk about merit. How if we were going to construct the Hall of Fame, a legitimate one? What are the qualifications and all that good stuff? Also, also, we're going to talk in sort of retrospect, but also to current date, uh, the AEW and Impact deal and what's the fate of it after the conclusion of its main event at Rebellion. So all that and more tonight on the Big Go Bell Podcast. Let's get started with tonight's episode right now. What's up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome back to another episode of the Big Go Bell Podcast. I'm your host here, Nigeria. Hey, two chains alongside of my guy, Jamal the Giant Crab, and Mr. Stilly Sellers of the crew tonight. Will, in his absence, and Damien to be joining uh, shortly uh, before we get started tonight. Fellas, how you doing? Good, good, good. You? Good. Doing great. Good. Doing great. Awesome, awesome. So tonight we're going to kind of uh, we're going to talk focus on two strong topics, uh, really debatable topics. Uh, we would definitely let, love to hear your thoughts about these topics as well. Uh, a little bit of a roundtable discussion here, and that's because it's WrestleMania season, and you know one of the big uh, stops in WrestleMania season is the Hall of Fame, and you know this year they're doing the 2020 inductions. And then uh, um, the 2021. And, you know, that's all good and well. But the question always comes as to, you know, who should be in it? And then there's the other tidbit of, like, that person shouldn't be in it. Or that person's first, that person, et cetera, et cetera. All those conversations. So the real question is, because I really don't see it floating around here as much as I thought it should be. Because it's always the, the idea of, like, you know, and, and certainly if you, you get into the Hall of Fame, that's a huge, you know, milestone accolade for you. But it's the idea when people say, well, that's well-deserved. And I, I think, you know, that's true, but to what merit? So today we're just going to talk a little bit about, well, if you legitimate, if you legitimize a Hall of Fame in North America and in, in pro, in pro wrestling, what should be the criteria? Um, and I think, a, I think a good way to get into that is let's just start present day. Let's start uh, 2021 uh, and, you know, at this point now, you know, Hall of Fame class will say that each each class has about uh, seven or eight people, uh, a celebrity and manager, owner, something of that sort, whatever it may be. Uh, so, you know, roughly how the NFL does it, uh, but pro wrestling. So, again, there's no right and wrong answer here. We're going to we're going to roundtable this kind of give our ideas as to what do we feel the criteria should be. So. Let's let's do this. 
Let's give one point. Let's just go around and we'll just keep building this cake until we ultimately got a pitcher. So, Celis, I'll start with you. In Hall of Fame, how do you think it should be constructed? So one of the things that I think should be constructed is um, requirements. So, for example, if you're in the Hall of Fame, you have to at least hold one world title or you have if you did not hold the world title, you have to hold every single other title. That's the secondary title multiple times. And the only reason why I say that, because you got the Roddy Roddy Piper rule, which he did not win the world title, but he should not be held back because he's definitely won secondary titles multiple times, whether it's like the Intercontinental or tag team, something of that nature, you hold it multiple times. But it has to be enough where you make a difference within that generation of titles or within that genre of titles. But I think the number one thing is in order to be in the Hall of Fame, you should have a world title. And I know that's a little bit different when we're talking about the sports reference because we're you know kind of making this Hall of Fame reference similar to sports. And there's definitely people in the Hall of Fame that did not win a Super Bowl, but they did have a record of some type other than the Super Bowl. So think about Dan Marino, Jim Kelly, things of that nature. Um, but somebody who's never at least had a title shot, but you know, they don't need to be in the Hall of Fame at all, regardless of how like gimmicky they were, things of that nature. I think that should definitely be a standard. All right, Jamal. So I think overall you have to start with how many do you let in a year? I think that since it's starting, you know, 100 years after pro wrestling has started, um, I think that you can have um, a golden a golden age, a you know classic age, and a modern age, and figure out what that time frame uh, would be. And I think that that's how you start to pick from different eras because you can't just say that this is the greatest of all time without context. There is no one greatest of all time because there's a time period and you have to put them within that context. So I think that there should be a total of eight that goes in at first, uh, maybe two from the classic era, two from the modern era, and uh, two from the two from the golden era, two from the classic era, and maybe uh, two more from the modern era, um, a one celebrity and one non-wrestling um, person. And that could be a manager, commentary, anybody like that. So once you get yeah. your eight um, and you figure out who's gonna go in, um, it doesn't really matter how long their career is. It doesn't really matter how long, uh, how long or short it's been. The big question is, what did they bring to the game? This isn't like real sports where you have tangible stats and you can go, well, this person won this many times and this person did this uh, because it's all the work. So none of these wins are quote unquote legitimate. So it doesn't matter if the undertaker was 97 and 0 in WrestleMania, he was booked that way. So now the question becomes, how do you quantify greatness in, in an activity where you're designed to be great? And that's going to always be the question with a pro wrestling. And that's why it's always going to be just fan service. Mm-hmm. But to, to, if we're going to like actually put some hard line, you know, brackets on this and, and legitimize it, I think the biggest thing would be what did they bring to the game? Did they bring um, this attitude? Did they literally invent this move that they, Invent this style, you know. If you if you were to say, 
person X, if there was no person X, there would be no persons X, Y, Z, and and after that. Yeah. Um, you oh, know. So let me let me just throw something at you real quick. What's the name that 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 comes to mind with that statement you just made? So, because somebody instantly came to my mind when you said that. Right. Right. So, if there were no Billy Robinson, there would be no Dean Malenko, Jonathan Gresham, uh, Lance Storm. If yeah. there was no Stu Hart, there would not be a, well, most of Western Canadian wrestling. Um, and then, of course, that's when, like, the territories were a bigger thing. Well, well, which is it? You know, if you went to New York or if you went to Memphis or if you went to Charlotte or Atlanta, um, these, these are things also. So I, I just don't want to leave it up to just championships and what a big pop you got and yeah. stuff like that because Elgin Bale is a Hall of Famer. He never won a, won a championship. And he's arguably the greatest basketball player to never win a championship. Mm-hmm. We'll be damned if he don't belong in the Hall of Fame. Um, you know, Dominique Wilkins, Alan Iverson, you know, these are guys that have never won championships. But we'll be damned if they don't belong mm-hmm. in the Hall of Fame. Mm-hmm. Um, and there, there are a lot of guys that how do you quantify what they bring to the to a company? And that's so, the question that we need to answer. All right, so let's 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 go back around again. I'll give my thoughts uh, after this one for you all. Um, let's just say the WWE Hall of Fame is legitimized. Mm. One, one thing, one thing about that. One thing before you ask your question, it's not just this company. This is the North American yeah, I know, Wrestling I know. Hall of Fame. Yep. yep so yep. it's you know, so if they have a WWE wing, cool. But when I say two people, I mean two people from from these this era, and that's yeah. it. So we can't just I, say Shawn Michaels and Ric Flair. That's it. Right, right, right. Now, the point I want to do, because I'm trying to eliminate a, a vast amount of people. So let's just say the WWE Hall of Fame is the North American Hall of Fame. And thus, people who are and is legitimized and people who already are in it are excluded. So with the things that you've been saying now, of people we know that's not in the Hall of Fame, even people that you may not know if they're in the Hall of Fame, not the ones who sitting in that middle line, who are some people that come to your mind where you're like, if 2021 was the was the year, not the first year, but if this was the year of now the rules are now in place, the other people are, who are already in are already in, but this is the year that we went forward with some of the suggestions that are being made. Just name one or two people that you say, you know what, they definitely, this is their year. And like, you know how adamant I've been about this, but like, when you talk about uh, Lemmy and how much he's contribute to the music for WWE and I think timing it made sense and then when you start thinking about the other people who were going in before him that he contributed to and we'd say how essential of a part that music is to one's uh, whole gimmick persona, uh, impression all of that you know for what he did alongside of you know and, I, and obviously I would say like in the celebrity wing and I would even, you know, and I would even go uh, Jim Johnston as well. I wouldn't put him in the celebrity ring. I would absolutely, he'd be in, you know, the personnel side of things, uh, refs, um, managers, and all that other stuff. These are two people that is just the no-brainer because of just their impact of what they've done for generations now, or at least a generation, of, of music. And it really could make or break your instant take to a person's gimmick or an, an entrance. So, you know, 
that's just one person I was like, you know, if this is the year, and the reason why we'll put him in there, not only just because of his impact too, um, tenure as well, and legitimately doing it on the highest level, doing it for X amount of years, and really, really making stars just by the composing of their music. So two people instantly had to jump out at me. But you two, again, for people that, you know, and you and if they're already in, that's fine. But if you are certain that they're not in, which will be better, why would you pick these people to go in this year? And also, I, I, something else we didn't mention. Would you put people in the Hall of Fame who is active? Yeah. You, you're muted, Sellers. Yeah, my bad. Not for me. If they're if they're still active, or at least part time active, I would not put them in. Um, okay. I feel I feel like sort of like the NFL and the NBA does. You have to be inactive for a certain amount of years in order to be in the Hall what of would Fame. It, what would it be then? What would I it would be? Three years. Three years, three years? of not being okay. active, not being active. Um, now, now th- granted, th- hold you, on. Three, three. Now, I just want to be clear. Now, three uh, years of not being active, or three year post retirement announcement. Three years post retirement announcement. Because okay. somebody may be inactive, and thank you for clarifying that. Somebody may be inactive and say, "Oh, let me make a special appearance here." No, if you're retired, retired, legit, and um, you you definitely have been out for three years, you can be put in. And case of point, like Edge, right? Edge did legitimately retire. He is in the Hall of Fame now because he came back. That's something he wanted to do. That's mm-hmm. fine. I think even T.O. in football tees like, oh, even though I'm retired, I feel like I could still come back and probably mm-hmm. just do one season. We can do that. I, I, I have no problem with that. But three years post-retirement. Um, and to answer your first question, now I'm trying to think of somebody that's already in the Hall of Fame that I would legitimize it. But the, the easy person I could pick that would be in there, no brainer, is The Rock. Um, the Rock would definitely be in that North American Wrestling Hall of Fame. Because in my opinion, when you think about how wrestling went from – wrestling of old, like legit sport, to now becoming an entertainment industry, he is the face that shaped how you entertain with your talking points, with your gimmick, and still being a good wrestler. To me, if it wasn't for the things like The Rock does, we may not have, and and even though we had some people that did it similarly, they didn't do as good as Rock. So when you think about The Miz, what he does, um, and how he's in movies and things of that nature, even John Cena, what he does, if it wasn't for The Rock changing the game of what he did to make himself the face of entertainment within wrestling, but also still make it a sport, I think that's where it set the tone for a lot of these future generations today. Let me ask you a question. I mean, there's a lot of people that came before The Rock in doing so. Mm -hmm. Hogan, Piper, Macho Man, um, Vader, a bunch mm-hmm. of people. So I just want to—I just want to be uh, add a little bit more context to that. But and, and obviously, we know Rock has yeah. driven in more money than all of them put together, probably. But is there something about how the Rock did it that was different from what the other ones did? Because I—I I, I do have an answer to that, but I'm just wondering if there's something you're thinking about with that. So. When he went from, and, and I'm thinking this may be the same time, when he went from Rocky Maivia to The Rock and that shift of changing from stereotypical 80s type babyface wrestler to being the multimedia superstar, what he started in with the nation and then shifted to become even bigger. That's the point where he literally, and I'll use this cliche, he got the grass, grass, brass ring, he grabbed it, and then he took it to the next level. Um to me, when I think about what he did and that element, that really shifted of how he changed as a person. To me, when you think of somebody like, and once again, you're right, you had people in the past like Hulk Hogan, Macho Man, even Roddy Piper, as I mentioned earlier, who had that entertainment aspect, who was in movies, who were TV stars. 
It's like they were built bigger than life originally when they came in and did not get a chance to shift their character to be something different. Even though we had the Hollywood Hulk Hogan with NWO, that's one thing, but that's with the group and everything. But Rock changed it from what they tried to put him as with that to changing what he was for that whole era of the Attitude Era. It like mm-hmm. it, it brought a whole generation. Couple things I add to. I mean, Rock being POC also makes it a, a extra bit of a challenge for him. Um, the other thing is too is that wrestlers in the past were larger than life. I mean, it was a blessing to have a wrestler in any affiliation of yours. And then in Attitude Era, wrestling started becoming more of its own tangent. I mean, it mm-hmm. it, it still grasped its is loyal fans, but it still was the idea that oh, it's fake. I mean, this also come with the 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 um the um the rise of you know combat sports. So it was like yep. that's fake, that's real, and it was just a hard chance. And I think that The Rock um was able to supersede all the stereotypes where he was mm-hmm. like, I'm a wrestler and I'm damn good at it and a champion, but I'm also a star. Going to get bigger, got bigger, mm-hmm. and, and and it was just like the gift that kept on giving because he did it. It got respected. It made a lot of money. It made the most money in 2019. <laughs> and then you, it's hard for you to ever say like, oh. And I think what The Rock did is also a big ploy. Uh, or not not ploy. A big, well, I say a big draw. Push. Yeah, big draw, push, yeah. Yeah, for people to say, oh, shoot. I have a life after whatever. I can go there and then boomerang back here and be bigger than I ever was. So, mm-hmm. yeah, good, 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 um, good input on, on The Rock. It's no brainer. All right, Jamal, what you got? Um, well, because it's the North American uh, Hall of Fame, uh, the criteria would have to be either you are from uh, the U.S., uh, from North America, which would include Mexico, Canada, and the U.S., and have spent at least uh, 50% of your career in the U.S. It doesn't, I mean... You could be from Texas and then work your entire life in Japan or Australia or Pakistan, and would it wouldn't matter here. Uh, so for that reason, uh, my inductee off the break would be Stephen Regal. Mm. Um, mm. You know, Regal's one of those guys that, as a trainer, you know, super, you know, unsung, uh, brought yeah. up literally NXT with Dusty Rhodes from a WWE perspective. Hell of a wrestler was in his own right, you know, hung with the best of them in England before he came over, um, and then was a pretty pivotal part of WCW's uh, style of wrestling, you know, back then. So it's a, uh, you know, so Regal's one of those guys where, like, it's a thankless job, and he really doesn't get a lot of the credit that he deserves, but, but goddamn, you know, we kind of owe a bit to Regal. Um, a bit. That sounds like an understatement. That's a great it? call. Great call. Yeah. Can I can um, I can I add but, to, to that too? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah everything you're saying, and and he absolutely is. Um, he 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 legitimizes any project that he touches. When he's a, a part of it, you have to take into consideration that it's going to be the real deal. And when you talk about his scouting. Because we, you know, we seen him at you know indie shows. When he's in that building, he's big business. Everyone brings their A game. His influence is ultimately anywhere he goes. And you know, who's to say he was part of the reason we, why you got you know all these feeders into NXT? 
evolve, progress, WSW, because of him being a part of that. And I think that, um, man, when it's all said and done, I think <laughs> I think it's going to be a lot of people feeling exactly what Jamal said. Super unappreciated. I mean, he's one of my favorite heels in WCW, and that's not even a question. And, like, I think beyond the in-ring work, the, the craft, the, the influence in others that considering what he's building and it's easy to say Triple H name, but goddamn Regal, uh, William Regal <laughs> need to be right there, if not a tad bit above it, because, you know, it, it, he, do, he does a lot that doesn't uh, get appreciated. Jamal, back to you. But I, can I add this one thing before Jamal goes? Yeah, go ahead, now, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Granted to what I was saying earlier, Jamal, this is part of that, that re- re- regiment that with Regal, he follows through, though. He never won a world title. But he still changed the landscape of what wrestling is. So once again, I'll still go to that. I think it should be a requirement. But like you said, if you have a, a stamp on where you really transcend the companies, of especially what he did in WCW, NXT, and WWE, that automatically qualifies it and him not winning a title. Though. Yeah. Ahead, another, another thing, you t- like you said, walking, mo- working multiple top promotions at the highest level. There you go. Um, so that's important, too. Damien's just joined us, and I'm going to get him called up and throw him, uh, throw it back to him in a second. But, uh, Jamal, you finish up on your statement. Um, so the second person that I would, would send to the Hall of Fame right now would be Rey Mysterio Jr. Um, no, he's not done, and that doesn't mean that he's done. But then again, this is a wrestling Hall of Fame, and they're going to have to be judged by different standards than uh, your traditional team sports Hall of Fames. But, yeah, give that man his flowers right now because of the work that he's done over the past 20 years. Um, and Ray, I mean, you talked about the, for all the reasons why you mentioned the rock, you can apply that to Ray jr. From transcending uh, the Lucha Libre style into the U S in a big, mm-hmm. big way during the middle nineties, where pro wrestling was taken off around the country. Um, you know, seeing him, there weren't too many guys that looked like him on national television doing what he did at the time. Um, I would also say that like guys like Mil Mascaras and, you know, La Parca and Zikosis, Super Crazy is literally my favorite wrestler of all time. Come I on, mean, come on, say my boy. Say my boy. No, no, no we're not doing that. Um, <laughs> but, Shout out to Juventud Guerrero. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, but, 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 but all of those guys, whether it's Juve, I say Rios, the Colognes, yeah. all of them, uh, Savio Vega, you know, there's a lot of yeah. guys. Your Puerto Rico is not Mexico, so don't send your letters to me. But um, but the idea is there were a lot of guys that didn't look like guys named Terry from Florida that were breaking <laughs> seen on national television in a big big way. And I think at the front of that list is Ray Mysterio Jr. Can I can I add one more other thing to that? Now, sure. when you talk about programming, you know, especially back then, WCW did something that no other promotion ever can do. And that's being able to provide entertainment anywhere on their card. You can have a Rey Mysterio match in the beginning, middle, and and it always looked like a main event. And that's just and, and they were smaller guys. And again, to Jamal's point, it's like you said main event, you think the championship and you think big guys. You can have Rey Mysterio and Chris Jericho in the very middle of your car, and it will supersede anything else to come for the rest of that show. And that's just how good they were and, and, and really influential to all the wrestling right now just because of their skill. And, yeah, I, I, I definitely agree with that. So, Damien, now that yes, you're sir. here, 
We're talking mm-hmm. about the Hall of Fame. And obviously, you know, there's a lot of people going around saying, well, this person deserves to be in there. This person doesn't deserve to be in there. And whatever. The question is, well, if we were going to legitimize it by whatever merit that you want to put in there, we'll give you that to you first. What would it be? And then let's just say that WWE Hall of Fame is the North American Hall of Fame for pro wrestling. So everyone in there right now is legitimately been in for whatever merit. But as of this year, based on your merit of choice, which you feel mm-hmm. like is the criteria that is deserving to be in there, who is someone that comes to mind right now? And they could be in the Hall of Fame right now, if little if you know it or not. But trickly, if there's somebody that instantly jumps out at you that isn't in the Hall of Fame, who would it be? And again, to your your criteria. So go go for my it. criteria. Yeah, my criteria is will always be a little bit less sports entertainment and a little bit more uh, wrestling themed. Uh, and I like un, unsung people who may not have gotten their flowers throughout the career because I started watching wrestling in maybe 1984, 1985, uh, NWA and the like. So the first person when when Jamal was talking about like people that we we sleep on that came to my mind who I don't think is in the WWE Hall of Fame but he should be for tag team wrestling. And that's beautiful Bobby Eaton because he gets all, he doesn't get a lot of credit for being a part of the Midnight Express, for being a, that team with William Regal when they were the Blue Bloods and he was Earl of Eaton. But he could have mm-hmm. the proverbial good match with a paper bag, as they say. And that right hand and the Alabama jamma back when I was a kid, <laughs> I used to love that leg drop off the top row. Cause you know, you mentioned psychosis. How do you, how do you figure that got put on in the, the general lexicon was watching a uh, beautiful Bobby Eaton. And he was so ironically named because he just looked like this random dude from the South. Whenever he got beat up by the rock and roll express, he turned beat red. He knew how to sell. He had facials. And if I tuned in a WCW Saturday night or WCW worldwide, he always, <laughs> always was on there wrestling uh, Sergeant Buddy Lee Parker at oh, some God. point. You know, <laughs> if you remember that name. Uh, but I think that I watched, I think I was watching a What Culture video and they were talking about best right hands or best moves where you didn't see the leg slap. And they mentioned his right hand, you know, whenever he would throw that right hand. And that's true because even going back and looking at the tapes, I could never tell when he did the leg slap for his right hand. And Kane has gone on record and said that after watching Bobby Eaton throw the right, that's how he learned to throw his right hand. Mm. So I have an appreciation for those people. And when I think television champion, he's one of the people I think about too, about like TV champs, you know, aside from Arn Anderson and the like, we always say Cesaro deserves to be the TV champ, right? But there wouldn't be a Cesaro if there wasn't a beautiful Bobby Eaton where he was never going to be a main eventer, even though he was good enough to be an upper mid-carder slash lower tier main eventer. But he deserved all those flowers. And he made Stan Lane relevant. You know, like, <laughs> Stan Lane, you know, like, we already know why he's been in the news the last couple of weeks. But Stan Lane was never good. You know, <laughs> those those matches against the Rock and Roll Express, everyone gives Jim Cornette all, all the, you know, the hullabaloo, but somebody had to wrestle the Rock and Roll Express and get beat up by them. And that was beautiful Bobby Eaton, you know. 
And I remember distinctly those those vignettes for the Blue Bloods where Regal was trying to get him to pronounce words. It was like, how now, brown cow? And Bobby would go, how now, brown cow? You know, just, I loved it. I freaking yeah. loved it. And, and that's one dude I think that deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. Uh, Mike Awesome, for me, deserves to be in the Hall of Fame because I caught the latter end of his Japan run before he came to ECW. And I was a big fan of the Ultimate Warrior. So I saw Mike Awesome as an Ultimate Warrior that could actually work. And I loved to watch him, Masato Tanaka, go at it. You know, forget the chairs, forget the blood, just stiff, strong style before I even knew what the hell that was. And he pulled off the fat chick killer gimmick, that 70s guy (laughs) in WCW. Yeah, he sold out, but he did business on the way out, losing to Taz. But my man put on a disco suit at the tail end of WCW with the sunglasses and said he was the fat chick killer and still (laughs) got himself over. So if people don't appreciate Mike Awesome for the work he did in ECW and beforehand, at least for like the comedy wing of the WWE Hall of Fame, if we could put the Bushwhackers in, if we could put the Great Khali in, we could find a spot for Mike Awesome. So those, those two could actually stand out above the rest of me. Quick thing before we go to our next topic. What would be something that you all would say disqualifies somebody from being in the Hall of Fame? And, and then again, it don't have to be harsh. It could be just like Marcella said. said. Like, well, if you haven't been retired for more than three years, then it doesn't make you eligible or, or disqualified. Uh, but what, uh, what other ideas floats around uh, when I say that? Um, uh, something that would disqualify you and remove you from the Hall of Fame should be a felony conviction. Okay. Yes. Now, yes. question. Question. Yep. Now, now, wrestling is a tricky thing because there are very, very talented wrestlers who have super shitty lives. Is that a Does felony? It, it, yeah. But the question is, I'm just wondering, is there ever, would you, and again, this is our, our thing, is there ever a question of a review board for certain people or is it just heart felony, not a chance? Well, that, that, I mean, I think that's the simplest answer is that did they get convicted of a felony, yes or no? Okay. And the reason why I say felony over misdemeanor is because it describes the seriousness of the crime. And also okay. that's something that's absolute. If you were tried and not convicted, then that's mm-hmm. one thing. You had your day in court, you beat the case, good on you, keep your rank. Okay. Uh, you were tried and convicted of a felony, whatever that felony is. We're going to need that ring back because yeah. we can't have somebody representing our Hall of Fame um, as the murderer or the extortionist or the yeah. felony drug trafficker or the whatever it is. Um, and it does, I mean, I say felony. I don't know what the equivalent would be in other countries, but whatever that equivalent is, that's what it's going to be. So as much as Crispin was in my top five, personally, he should never be eligible for a Hall of Fame. Mm-hmm. Uh, if if I'm running that bitch, that's a no. Uh, because he's a murderer. So so there's that. Um, okay. But then again, I actually never went to court about it, so when? Um, <laughs> no, but, but really, really yeah. I, I think that like, that is a thing that would be um, kind of a, kind of like a deal breaker. You know, yeah. if you, if Chase and Rance was as good as Lance Storm, he would be fucking disqualified. 
Ooh, that's a really good point. <laughs> really good point. Um, anything else to add, fellas? No, but let me ask this question, even though I probably know what side you guys are gonna say, but what about the substance abuse if you get suspended for performance enhancing or with this new policy? Should that be included as well? Just hearing your thoughts on that. Cause I agree with what Jamal said. I think that's the only thing I will say, but I just want to throw this out there. If they got suspended, you know, for performance enhancing. Well, but then we throw out, we would throw out half of the WWF, you know, golden era if that was but, the case. But to be fair, so. context also matters because you can't re- redact somebody from a thing that wasn't a problem back Before. then. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it was the 80s. And, you know, The Undertaker admits that I, rem- I miss the good old days where everybody would shoot each other in the locker room uh, <laughs> you know, with actual guns and bow and arrows and shit. And, and now we go, well, that's not cool today. <laughs> right. Um, you know, all the old stories that we used to hear about JBL wouldn't fly today. They shouldn't mm-hmm. fly any day, but they definitely wouldn't At fly all. today mm-hmm. um, if those stories ever got out. So does that mean that JBO needs to give back his ring? Yes, but no. Um, that's why I draw like the hard line at uh, legal troubles because gotcha. things that are immoral are going to be relevant to the person that perceives them. Yep. All four of us can have a different idea of what a moral is because number one, the authenticity of the show suggests that <clears throat> who cares if they're doing performance enhancing drugs? The show's worked. Mm-hmm. You know. They're not legitimately, you know, vying for something in the spirit of what we consider sport is. Yeah, um, I'm about to say, do our our WWE uh, wrestlers in a testing pool with a athletic commission? Yes, because wrestlers because wrestlers technically, um, you know, done that way. So if like Ring of Honor, I'm sure not. Well, I'm not sure. I don't know. I would be surprised if the Maryland State Athletic Commission didn't uh, pay a visit to Catonsville. To show up with a couple cups to let the sure. let the Ring of Honor boys know this is what we do in Maryland because pro wrestling is licensed by an athletic commission. Sure. Should it be? I don't know because it's not technically a sport in that the winners are determined organically. Yeah, because I mean, I, and I, I don't know enough about this, but I know like in the UFC, if the fight's in Vegas, then you are you're in the testing pool and you test before you fight in Vegas. If yeah. WWE is doing that then i mean if you are in florida today and then you're in georgia tomorrow are you testing in both of these places and that means that you're testing 60 plus people in a Mm. a, especially nxt tour in what five six states Mm -hmm. so i don't know but but that may not be relevant to the state itself for them it's only one test for the, for the performers, it's it's three hundred tests. So who knows? And also, it may not even be in a. Um, you just renewed your driver's license. That doesn't mean you have to have a driver's license for each state. Right. You know, it's it's valid somewhere, so that it's valid everywhere. Now, once you leave the country, that don't matter. You need to do something else. Um, so that may that may actually be the case. And a lot of and also, as we've learned in uh, when uh, indie shows were going to Louisiana. Uh, you may not necessarily need a license for you, but your booker may need to bring you on as a person to work the show. And that makes everything all good. Yep. And the person that held that booker's license, uh, who was responsible for the thing, was like literally one person. Yep. Um, which is why in WrestleMania for 35, I think, for up in Jersey, 
uh, everybody ran shows in Jersey and a few ran shows in yeah, New to York get, yeah, to get past because it was just easier them. to get it done. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, we can definitely confirm that it's different from state to state, um, and some states are probably stricter than others. Yeah. So. Well, I, yeah, I like this conversation. I think we should definitely probably part to this at some point more about uh, what we think and what we would like for establishing a North American Pro Wrestling Hall of Fame. Uh, legitimate criteria, eligibility, and so on. So, uh, yeah, we definitely should uh, revisit this at some point. So let's go to our next thing now. Now, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about this a little bit shorter than um, our first topic. And that's essentially talking about the AEW Impact Partnership. Now, a couple of things I want to premise first is that this was not AEW versus Impact. And, you know, it wasn't a war. It was a legitimate partnership. And how it was established definitely had the, 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 um, the structure of it being a partnership. But as of April 1st, 2021, I don't know if any of that is true. <laughs> so the 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 all the road is leading to towards Kenny Omega versus Rich Swan, title versus title at Rebellion, the big pay-per-view and impact wrestling. Um and what ultimately is to come of that, what's ultimately to come after that? How does this all work? Here's some other things to kind of consider here. Impact is on Tuesday. As of mm-hmm. April 8th, it will be on Thursday. Now, Impact ran their shows on Tuesday, which had paid advertisement by the Tonys in promotion to its Wednesday show. And you even had Kenny Omega, who would show up on Tuesdays, leading into its Wednesday show. Now that it's behind, here's the thing. We've never seen anybody on Impact besides the Good Brothers, who's clearly on some type of soccer loan right now. Um, (laughs) Yeah, by the uh, AEW United. And, like, besides them, no one else has been over there. And the Good Brothers technically ain't working between two promotions in the sense of a storyline. It's just more of a, that's my homie. Y'all, you all know it because you all are marks. Here I am with them. Right. So... In regards to this partnership, and this, again, is a roundtable conversation, so definitely tackle this however you want. Where does this go from here? What do you make of this? Considering the pay-per-view, consider how things are, considering the change of dates now, uh, we're now, it being on Thursdays, like, huh? <laughs> uh, so, Damien, since you jumped in late today, let will start with you. <laughs> I'll be brief, and I'll just say, this storyline, this this partnership has lost a lot of steam for me. Uh, I actually forgot that there was a partnership at this point because it's been running in neutral just to get to Swan versus Omega. Uh, do I Does it matter to me what day they're doing it on in this whole partnership and stuff? Honestly, the Good Brothers don't move the needle for me. Uh, and I don't really care. Uh, not to sound like Jamal, but it's just it's just dumb at this point. And depending on shocking the world, if if they have Swan go over Kenny just to put a nail in this damn thing, I would be really happy if they did that. But aside from that, I don't see it moving the needle either way. I think it's just going to lose more steam going forward. And uh, to be frank, I'm surprised people are still paying attention to the storyline. 
So I'll add to it and say, and I'll be brief as well. To me, I was hoping that when they started this whole you know thing, when Kenny Omega won the title, you was thinking, okay, what can they do with this storyline going forward? But to me, it like as I'm looking at Impact or as I look at AEW, it's like nothing does it for me. Similar to what you said, Damien, and really at this point, I think if Rich Swan does win, to me, it's going to hurt more than if he loses. I'd rather have him a good show to say, hey, you know compete, do what you need to do. I know your name is out there, but just show what you can do in a live event with, with Kenny Omega. But to go ahead and take the fall because I don't think Impact is going to do anything with it if he does win, even though I want him to win. I just think it's going to do more harm than good if that does happen. So it's like you might as well just let Kenny go ahead and, and win it and just have it at that. But um, I really don't think it's going to be a big thing if 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 Rich Juan does win. That's a very interesting take there. <laughs> The, the real question is, for me, if Swan wins, then, then okay, Swan wins. Everybody's shocked. Um, how did this happen? Whatever. If Kenny wins, what's in it for Impact? Wait, so, wait, 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 wait. What's in it for Impact right now? I'm, I'm getting there. So, so this, is, this is the deal. <laughs> Slow burn. Slow burn. So, slowest of burns. Yes. You have... I mean, so this whole time, AEW has been shitting on Impact. Um, they've been absolutely, you know, running them off the roads. You know, Tony Khan has gotten joined the fray. Um, it's it's actually quite ridiculous. Um, and then you know, Kenny and, and Callis and, and the Good Brothers and all that stuff. There's that that's just been a thing. It's almost been a separate thing outside of Impact because we haven't seen a damn soul from Impact on Wednesdays at all. And other than Private Party and Matt Hardy, I guess, that's the only thing that we've seen on AEW, unless I'm missing someone. I mean, or on MA from AEW to Impact, unless I'm missing someone. So what is what is this? Like, there's so much yeah. more that can be done. There's so much food on the table. And all we're getting is Kenny and the Good Brothers run amok. Yeah. Man, I tell you, when, like... Oh, hold on, hold on, hold on. Hold on, hold on. Because this, this is it. When... When they finally do the deal and have Swan win and send Kenny back to Wednesdays or maybe Callis, who works for Impact, screws over Kenny and says, hey, this is all a clever ruse. I'm the invisible hand for a reason, you know, and and you just got got. And him and Swan walk (laughs) off with a championship. I mean, just something other than the nothing that we're getting that to to add some spice to this to this feud or whatever the hell it is. Now, on the other hand of that, if Kenny wins, then he just wins. It doesn't really do anything for Impact for him to win. It doesn't do anything for AEW for him, for him to win because everything that is just a status quo all over again. I think the Swan really has to win this in order to add some spice to it because what would Tony Khan look like on a Wednesday when Rich Swan black ass breakdances his way down one of the tunnels on Dynamite? That's a, that's a thing that people could never say that they imagined, even in the short history of AEW, that the Impact Champion is talking shit on TNT live. That's crazy. Yeah, but also, too, like, why is that the build-up? Why isn't that something that has not already happened? In the art of promoting, unless the person is, you know, Brock Lesnar, two people talk to promote the match, and if it's two brands talking, then... They should be on each other's shows and, and, and talking about the match. 
Like, right. AEW a, doesn't promote impact on AEW. Exactly. That's why that's the thing. Is this a partnership or is this a blind in the back alley robbery that's going on right now? And if, well, that's what we thought originally. We all thought it was just going to be kind of like a, a highway robbery that hopefully impact I, on a small think, rub. I don't think everybody was thinking that. I mean, I'm talking about us. Oh, us. well, I, I didn't even think that either because when I saw the announcement go down, when you saw the impact stars, Sammy Callahan, Jordan Grace, uh, Deanna Perrazzo calling out the people they want to see, and then you had like people like FTR at the time, the North. And everybody's saying they want to work. You're like, how the hell are they all hyped? And we're thinking like, oh my god, these things are happening, and it never manifested to nothing. So because try as they might, they might want it, but the powers that be, the bookers and whatnot, thought, meh, not really. But but could you imagine? Could you imagine if you had known that the door was never going to be open? Why would you waste your time on your own personal social media to get hype about something that you know is never going to happen? Because they're watching the same show that we did. Yeah, they didn't know. They didn't know just like we don't know. Right, right. And at the same time, you can say that, but Scott DeMore, the uh, uh, senior vice or vice president. They were literally tweeting Scott DeMore saying, make this match happen. And everybody will promote uh, potential. Anybody can promote. Yeah, I mean, there there were definitely people going, yo, Scott DeMore, who do we have to talk to if it ain't you to make this match happen? FTR definitely did that once where they were literally tweeting Impact Brass to make sure that, like, A match happened. So it's kind of like, you know, they're obvi- everybody's obviously reading the same thing. And the only people that really know is the people involved. And other than the Bucks, the Good Brothers, Tony Khan and Callis, and, you know, maybe the higher ups at Impact, it's just them when there's so yeah, much more that can good. be done. Right. And especially that's since they good. have their, their two pay per views coming up Double or Nothing's Memorial Day. A month before that is Rebellion. I think Swan wins. At, at Rebellion, he shows up for Dynamite on Dynamite as the face champion that never was. Mm-hmm. And then now you have to watch Double or Nothing because it's now the AEW Impact actual co-branded pay-per-view. I hope so. But... It would be cool to see the Impact roster back him up. And you know AEW yeah. loves a good broader in, in the show. But, you know, it, it would be cool to see that happen. Um, and they really could, and that's four weeks, you know. Yeah, that's that's four whole weeks. Yeah, uh, sorry, sorry about the uh, lag spike, real quick. But no, Scott Scott Demore was like saying, like he fully embraces the idea of the Nor versus FTR. So, like, yeah, you're right. It was the super duper exclusive club of people who knew about how this was going to go down. And ultimately, this is Kenny Omega's, or should I say, uh, Thanos Omega's mm-hmm. fantasy booking. To, to completely have everything driven through him. This does nothing for anybody but him and Don Callis, obviously, but no one else. And you're right. If if uh, Rizwan loses, essentially everybody should be having their hammers and their nails ready because that coffin is done. And as far as any reason why you should invest the impact after that is zero. You unified your belts. So you lose Moose doing what he was. Moose was working at the highest level right now. I never his, understood that booking decision either. This, no, this, is, this is what you do, though. You you have so like Moose, who's obviously the odd man out. When Swan wins and shows up on Dynamite, you know the following Wednesday, Moose attacks them, and then the number one contender, you know Kenny Omega, 
attacks him. And then the number one AEW contender attacks him. And now we have a four-way dance at Double or Nothing. Um, you know, for two impact yeah, for all the belts. Yeah, you know, or it I, could be a four or an elimination ladder match where you put each belt up there and you yeah. grab the one you want. Mm. I look, I've been thinking that That's because true. Moose obviously has not been back since since he's lost. And right. I wouldn't be surprised if they looked at him at hard to kill. And who knows what Moose's contract status is. I mean, obviously he should probably still be with impact since everybody isn't reporting he isn't. But like who's to say he doesn't go on a soccer loan? Because after his outing in that six way, who clearly outshowed everybody in that match, I wouldn't be surprised if Tony was like, All right, we like that guy. He's a big guy. He's a game changer for us. Let's let's work him into our show regularly somehow. And and again, that's what it's looking like to me. This legitimately looks like the varsity football team going down to JV and picking mm-hmm. everyone they want and saying, all right, well, we don't care what our record ends up being. It is JV. We'll we'll do what we got to do here in varsity. And I it's it's not a partnership when you look at it anyway. So to that point. And to Jamal's point, um, along and along with what you all said too, the booking has got to go right going into rebellion. The doors have to be open. We have to see Swan on AEW. We have to see a super swerve of some sort. Don Callis doing something, Moose being a part of it, whatever it may be, and move forward with that. And then you got to, you got to get other people crossing over working these matches because impact is really depleted. Now, again, with Moose not being a factor right now, Eric Young out for six months with an ACL. Oh, it was six months. Minimum, Mm. minimum, minimum with an ACL. Who is the watch right now? Who is the watch? And yes, they still got their loyalists. You still got hard workers like Sammy Callahan and, and whatnot. But beyond, you knowing what you're getting each week, why not create buzz by having Kenny Omega face Ace Austin? Well, let me or, ask you this. And, and let me ask you this. This is going to throw a monkey wrench in everything. What if TNT is like Rich Who? Yeah, not not I've been work. thinking that too. I've been thinking that too. Yep. I've been, and that, you know what? And I also got a caveat to that too. I also been thinking is what if TNT is like, oh, black champion? Yeah, let's do that. Let's go with that. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> well, I mean, no, no, maybe, maybe, maybe. But then maybe that black champion should have been Moose. Maybe maybe that person, you know, with the better look, the better, you know, aura or whatever you want to call it, the, the better person said Russell looks like the stereotype. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. right. Yeah. And it does, that, that, is, that has nothing to do with Rich Swan as a wrestler. That's nothing to do with At Moose all. as a wrestler. Because in a video game, I'm going to pick Swan over Moose. However, yeah. <laughs> when you're talking about the representation of what you want this brand to look like. Moose has the look that Swan doesn't. Now, how do we get Moose the belt? Mm-hmm. That's why Swan wins it. Everybody challenges everybody personally, and this is this is just me, fantasy booking out of my out of my mind. It's Swan versus Moose versus Kenny versus Ray Phoenix for all the belts. Elimination ladder match. Grab the belt you want. You throw the Triple A in there too. Well, AAA mm. actually can't operate in America, so probably not. <laughs> okay. They, they got issues. They got issues. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. They, yeah, yeah. 
even if they did AAA, I don't know if they could see it in Mexico because of their own issues. Uh, so probably not. But but yeah, um, it would be a hell of a match, obviously. And the real question is who would win? Obviously, the Impact guys would take their belt back. The AEW guys would take their belt back. But what if they didn't? What if Moose became AEW champion? What if mm. Ray Phoenix became Impact me. champion? That would intrigue me. And that's that's See, how you enter go home show. Obviously mm-hmm. surrounded by a ladder, but now we got two ladders, and it's Kenny and Moose staring at each other at the top of both ladders with both belts in the background. The shit writes itself. We just need to get we just need to get the yeah. ball rolling because that's a month between the pay per view. That is ample time to build. Yeah, and also Rich Swan has been riding this underdog story for about two years. So I mean, he pretty much got it down to a T. So even if he is to go and actually doesn't take the the, the pin, it still works. And I think yeah. him just being on the on the screen, like Kenny Omega is the wrestling god. Not because I named him that. That's but that's what everyone views as. He views him as the best wrestler ever of all time, foreverness, better than the Game Shark Coast and THQ man. Like that's just how okay. So, yeah, I mean, I'm not sitting here in agreeing, but I'm just saying. So, again, if you let Rick Swan or AEW face the, the, the wrestling god, then people are going to le- legitimize him. It's going to put more eyes on him. People going to be like, oh, I remember that WWE guy. I wonder where he's been at. Oh, he's a champion. Oh, he's facing the best over here. I mean, it's just it's just easy to do. And, and it's, it's, it's easy to integrate. Yeah. It's easy to integrate Swan into AEW because assuming that you've never heard of him before. You put him in the match, you give him 15 minutes with Phoenix, Pac, Pentagon yep. Jr., uh, you know, who anybody of AEW's top guys and says, like, nah, this is this is who I am, and let him showcase himself. Man, on, that on Phoenix TNT. and Swan. That Phoenix and Swan. I don't even know if yeah. they've ever faced each other, but <laughs> I can't think I can't think of a time where they did. But if Me they either. did it on TNT, <laughs> they burned the goddamn house down. Mm. Yeah. Whew. Yeah. Mm. So yeah, I, I, again, very hopeful. Hopefully that they, as they get to the crunch time for that pay per view, that we finally see that maybe we should have just had a little bit more patience all this time because it was eventually coming. But if it doesn't, man, uh, April into uh, double or nothing, there's gonna be some angry sessions going on here on the podcast because well, tr- trust me, <laughs> if, if Kenny wins the Impact belt. Does, doesn't that just take their champion off of Impact? Yes. Yes, mm-hmm. and then it's done. They unify. They Again, I say this all the time, and, and Sellers is the biggest advocate. You give somebody a belt, you're automatically invested. You don't care how they got it. You're like, that's the champion. I want to know mm-hmm. who's the champion. It's a walking storyline. So mm-hmm. if you don't like Moose, you do like Moose. If you didn't agree that it was a real championship and then it did become a real champ, it didn't even matter. You watched him with that belt and you recognized him as the champion no matter what. And then you say, hmm, let's take his championship, Swans, unify into one. So now you have one less champion. And then ultimately you lost that person too because Moose hasn't been on TV then. So it's like, what are you doing? So you put mm-hmm. two to one and then you're going to serve it essentially the Thanos. I mean, this is Thanos going to New York and realizing, like, oh, there's three Infinity Stones here. All right, cool. <laughs> I'll make I'll make one stop shop and, and I'll be done. And then I hit up Wakanda. 
<laughs> crush that and then I'm out. And, and and that's and that's what it is. They they legitimately are getting it ready on a platter for uh Thanos Omega, and then that's just it. That's just it for the night. So I don't know. Let's get into the news. We're getting late to the show. And then we will conclude tonight with our champion of our wrestling theme song, March Madness Bracket for 2021. Uh, we're going to hit the news first, though. All right. So uh, let's start off with first. Oof. Um, I'm sorry. I just read a thing about Hulk Hogan. And you know what? Fuck that guy. Yeah. yeah. So we were talking about uh, Dynamite apparently on um, – one of their shows, I believe it's April 7th, which is their next show, they're going to have a something called One on TNT. One uh, FC is an MMA company based out of Singapore, I believe. And they're going to have a show live. I don't know if it's going to be live or not, but it's definitely going to be a show that starts at 10 p.m. on TNT. And one of the, I think the main event is a Muay Thai uh, bout. So it's going to be interesting to see that their TNT is getting into the MMA business um, in a big, big way. And then, of course, tying that into Dynamite. Um, really odd to see this kind of come out of nowhere. So uh, who knows if that lead-in will actually help them or not. Uh, uh, so, Lance, so, so this is the um, this is the Spike TV thing. Sure. Well, Bellator and Impact that, well, we all know what happened with that. Oh, continue. Uh, sure. Uh, so Chris Jericho, he, uh, well, Lance Storm actually is offering virtual coaching sessions. Now he shut down Storm Academy to go to the WWE. Oops. And then, you know, now through the magic of Zoom, uh, he's basically saying, hey, if you're a wrestler for some, some money, I will seriously evaluate your craft. Kind of like Masterclass, uh, what they're doing, yes. uh, but just for wrestling. Chris Jericho says, and he tweeted out earlier this morning, I'm offering five Landstorm virtual coaching sessions to five wrestlers worldwide. If you want to have Lance analyze one of your matches and give you tips on how to get better, send me a tweet explaining why you deserve this, uh, why you deserve this chance and how it will benefit your career. Hashtag Jericho Award. Yes, he did send it today. I'm aware of the date. It doesn't seem to be a joke. It's actually pinned on Jericho's um, uh, Twitter uh, machine. Uh, we talked about Impact for a little bit, and we talked about, uh, but we haven't talked about the ratings. So what an odd rating that came out on Wednesday morning for Impact. It was originally reported that Impact did a point zero one in the 18 to 49 demographic mm. and just 38,000 viewers overall. That is staggeringly low. Uh, Nielsen estimates that there's 121 million uh, homes, uh, 121 million people uh, watching TV in general in a given night across the country. Um, And 38,000 of them watched Impact. That is laughably low. More people watch Squirrel Wrestling on ESPN 8 The Ocho than watch Impact. (laughs) Luckily... That number was a mistake, and that number has been updated. Apparently, it was a goof on Showboss Daily, which everybody gets their ratings from. Apparently, they did a .04 in the demo with 148,512 viewers, which is slightly up. Um, but they did, you know, uh, pimp, pimp the fact that Kenny Omega was going to be on the show. So 
Uh, good on them and their 150,000 people, but you know, don't uh, scoff at that number. Um, access really isn't in a bunch of homes. God damn it, you scoffed at it. Um, access isn't in a bunch of homes everywhere, and uh, for a number of reasons, that's actually not a terrible number. Uh, Dark Side of the Ring, they're doing season three. Um, some of the topics on season three would be Brian Pillman, FMW, XPW, which is going to be interesting if you're Oof. Um, Nick Gage, the collision in Korea and North Korea, um, mm. the Smith family, uh, and some other things. It, it's, you know, it's going to be interesting. Oh, Johnny Canine. Yeah, that was the last one that he said. So uh, it's going to be interesting to see what, you know, that how that shapes up this year for Dark Side of the Ring. Baseball started today, which has nothing to do with wrestling. What does have to do with wrestling is the fact that there were fans in the stands around the country. I was just watching the Brewers game from Milwaukee. They had, a, they had an announced attendance of 11,000. Mm. Good on them. Down in Texas, I think they're sold out um, of their allotment of seats. They're not going to have 50,000 seats uh, available, but of their seats, they are sold out of them, which is somewhere around 25,000. Crowd sounds good at 25,000, which is about how much they're going to have at WrestleMania for – uh, for the next show, WrestleMania 37, coming up next weekend. The $64,000 question is, how will live fans react to Roman Reigns right now for the first time in a year and a half? Mm. Huh. Good question. Never even thought about it. Good question. Right. He's a heel, so good. It works to their favor, finally. But they're going to cheer. They're going to cheer. But they're going to cheer his actual good heel work. Yes. And that's that's kind of leave the Florida to be really drunk and not care, <laughs> or or just be completely gassed by the end of the night. Well, there is that too. I mean, it's going to be three in the morning when they finally finish this seventeen-hour main event. Oh, no, actually, it's, it's two nights. It's two nights. So you know, <laughs> that's still. Uh, I mean, while that sounds good for viewers at home, it's still got to be a drag for anybody. Two nights I now, mean, six hours in the Tampa sun. What could possibly go wrong? <laughs> no hydration level point four percent. Yeah, drink all the beer you can. It 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 quench your thirst. Yeah. So speaking of WrestleMania, speaking of events, um, this weekend of course is another episode of Ring of Honor, episode number four hundred ninety eight. So good on them. Um, WWE yeah. have uh, has a new show tomorrow. So does SmackDown, New Japan Strong. I've never heard of Star Pro, but apparently they're uh, a wrestling promotion based out of Southern New Jersey. Um, they're having a show, which is going to be on their YouTube channel. Uh, that's tomorrow. Um, AEW, uh, which is based out of the Chicago area. They're having a show on the 3rd, which is Saturday. Um, uh, uh, Stardom, they have a big show on the afternoon, the evening of the 5th, which will be early in the morning for us on the East Coast. Um, New Japan has Sakura Genesis, which is you know a big show for them. That's going to be overnight for us for us, and then it's WrestleMania week. And there are a small fuck ton of events happening over the week. Now, Monday Night Raw is obviously Monday. On Tuesday, April 6th, the Pro Wrestling 2.0 show League of Leg- Le- Legends and Heroes. Um, then you have No Peace Underground, which is a GCW event. Um, NXT TakeOver is Wednesday, night one. 
that's going to be on the USA Network. Uh, night two, which is going to be Thursday the 8th, is going to be on uh, Peacock. So you're going to need to get you're going to need to get a hold of the Peacock if you want to get mm-hmm. Takeover Part Two, um, Independent Wrestling TV Family Reunion Part One on Thursday the eighth. That's at noon. Lee Moriarty versus either Surreal, uh, formerly known as Still Life with uh, Pears and Apricots, should be a damn good match. Really, Utah versus a- a- uh, Adam Priest is going to be a pretty damn good match too. Jimmy Loy, Degeneration F. That's also in Enabor City. Um, you, uh, one car Manders versus UC for now is going to be a damn good match. Then you have uh, part two. That's at three o'clock. The Acid Cup is that night. Crab wrestling. What the hell are they doing down there? Uh, <laughs> Did you say crab wrestling? Crab yeah. Wrestling. Yeah. <laughs> hey, they, yeah. They, they, they they pushed for last year, and they say we're we're, we're going to make it happen. And here they are. Yeah, so they're having a, a match. Gino Medina versus Red Titus Pure Rules match. Yes. Neat that. Mikey Banker is on the show. Good on you, Mike. Uh, hey, he's your crab wrestling champion. Yeah, group well. versus uh, the Dread King Logan for the crab wrestling championship. Um, God damn. Go, go, crab, go. Um, oh, yeah. Flophouse <laughs> presents wrestling booze of Palooza. Booze of Palooza. Yeah, I'm sure there's not a ring involved in this one. Sure there's not a ring. Well, there is a match called the Big Ass Motherfucking in- Eliminational Invitational Scramble. <laughs> yes. Yeah, like I said. Yeah. Uh, t- $10, all you can drink. Um, I shut up, has- shut up, shut up. Did you it's say $10, all you can drink? It's it's on the flyer. What could oh, possibly go wrong? What could go wrong? Uh, ICW has a show. This is not the Scottish uh, promotion. This is the one out of Pennsylvania. Uh, Jake Chris versus Nolan Edward. Dan Math versus Calvin Tankman. That's going to be a banger. Ooh, uh, that's going to yeah. hurt. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bloodsport. And eh, Moxley's there. Uh, and then I mentioned Takeover. No Peace Underground is at midnight. I don't get the midnight shows. Uh, you know, and then For the Culture. That's also at midnight. Support for the Culture. Je- thank I you. Mean, just just Rich about the same. Swan versus Two Code Scorpio is the only oh. match you need to care about. Mm. AJ Gray mm. versus JTG. Myron Reed, Kitty Broadway, Calvin Tankman, Andy Brown. I I mean, yes, it's at midnight. But if you're in Tampa. Not even a question if I was there. It's not even a question. Yep, same. It, that, that's question. the show you need to be at. And I feel and bad because AJ's been tweeting like he's saying tickets are not selling. And that is a topic right there as to how. Is oh, no, no, we, we know how. We, we, know yeah, how. we know how and why. Yeah. We, we know how and why. I mean, it's it, it's not that hard. But you don't blame it on midnight. Don't blame it on the card. We know what it is. And that's that's all it's going to be. Um, on Fridays, another shit ton of shows. Uh, the big thing, I'm not going to go through each one, but the big thing is Alley Girl, Alley Cats, Real Hot Girl shit. Uh, that's at noon in Ebor City. Uh, Alley versus uh, Ricky, Ricky Starks. Billy Starks is going to be fun. Tasha Steeles versus Trisha Dora. Fun. Mm. Allison K versus Frey, Faye Jackson. Fun. This is a lot of fun. Yeah, <laughs> a, lot, a lot of fun. It, it's almost like we're sponsoring it. Um, Brooke Valentine versus Willow Nightingale. <laughs> Where's our uh, money? Yeah, another great match. Um, even Surreal versus Lady Frost. I thought Frost was hurt, but I'm glad to see that she's not and back in the ring. Um, and then of course the <laughs> the Faye Jackson's gray sweatpants battle royal. Oh no. 
<laughs> the real question is, why is Ricky Shane Page in that match? Hey yo, can I tell you that all the all the gentlemen or just all all the folks who are taking a part of that in the promo y'all been putting out for that, y'all are making Faye Jackson the happiest person on the planet. I, I love it, man. That man, the creativity of wrestling is limitless, and this is go just get him, to play for it. Yeah, yeah, go get him. <laughs> Everybody's a winner. Okay. And the great sweatpants battle royal. Uh, Ricky Champagne uh, Spring Break Five is happening. Because Joey Janela, he lost it, lost the rights to Spring Break. Um, so it's Ricky Shane Page things. Janela versus Dickinson. That's going to be uh, Ooh, wait, wait, wait. Why, why did he lose? It, I mean, it, I it's in the storyline from that last GCW show. Um, it was Janela versus uh, Ricky for control of Spring Break. Janela lost. And oh, storyline wise. Yeah. And it's Ricky Shane okay. Page presents Spring Break. Um, this time it's. Uh, thing. Uh, GCW is running events all day long, uh, something called Rerun This Town. Uh, they have shows at 10 a.m., 12 noon, 2 p.m., uh, 4 p.m., 8 p.m., and midnight. God damn. Uh, and, and that's just Friday. There's also events on Saturday. There's also events on Sunday. Um, and then, of course, includes WrestleMania night. Uh, WrestleMania night one is Saturday. Night two is Sunday. Ticket packages, bananas, you know, IWTV, Fight, GCW, TitleMatch.tv. There's actually a, a small fuck ton of wrestling because this is compared to what it was last year. It was bananas. It's actually it was a lot more last year. If you're going to Tampa, plan accordingly. Uh, a lot of the events are near-ish, but not super close. This is the time. You have a week. Plan where you want to be. Uh, because there are going to be some can't-miss matches, and you can't see them all unless you buy it online on, like, mm-hmm. independentwrestling.tv or Fight or something like that. So get your subs ready. Get your Uber ready. Uh, get your bus passes ready. You know, get your <laughs> rental cars gassed up because it's going to be a lot of running around downtown Tampa uh, mm-hmm. this time next week. And that's yeah. the news. Awesome. Uh, also, I'll say, uh, yeah, definitely, like you said, for the culture, you're out there, I mean, I don't even know how you could even ever consider not going. Uh, what should be, in we, we, we don't want, yeah, but still, you know, reroute your plans and, and get to that show. And then, second, that too, my man, the Savage Gentleman is going to be on Bloodsport. Uh, I'm very happy about that because, uh, because he's actually is a fighter and it just makes sense. And I've been lobbying for this for, for a while, so to see him uh, make it out to Bloodsport this year. Uh, both him and the lady getting shows down there is, uh, is really dope. Yeah, by uh, the way, a lot of people did not know that the Savage Gentleman was actually an MMA fighter, and I kept thinking, <laughs> where have y'all been to not realize this by now? He should have been on Bloodsport a while ago. Yeah, a lot A lot of people probably don't even realize that, yeah, there's a lot of real MMA fighters in it, and, it's, and they're not just wrestlers, so... Uh, you know, especially if you're watching, you know, MLW and um, and and filthy Tom Lawler, uh, yeah, legitimate people out here wrestling who uh, have really really extensive careers in MMA. So, uh, but yeah, definitely hats off to them. NT who it is time to get to our main event tonight. Now let's cue that up. We have our championship match of our 2021 March Madness wrestling theme song bracket. And in the finals, really quick, we have a kid. A kid, can I talk? Oh. Who is a 16 seed? 
Yeah. Who's going against one of the most iconic things in uh, pro wrestling in the Attitude Era in Gangrel, uh, the Brew theme. Um, so if you have not been following us, if you check out last week's or our previous week's episodes, it's strictly about the theme, not the entrance. So because this is a championship, we're going we're going to go a minute each. Yeah, because the well, final we, four we was, 90 90 90 90 90 we was 90 seconds on the final four. We went 90 seconds okay. last week. Well, we know the song, so let's we'll, yeah. we'll go short. We'll go short. We'll go a quick 30 seconds on each of them. We need to go longer. Then we'll go longer. Y'all want to go longer? I, I think for the A kid, we may have to go a little longer because there's a that. Minute. Yeah. Fine. Let's start with brew, the brew first. Go ahead right, and cool. play it till it hits his riff. That's how we'll play it. Got you. And then the next one is A-Kid, which, as stated before, is the 16 seed, uh, the Cinderella trying to shock the world. Just shout out to to all the participants who tried their best in our selections of their music. Um, I <laughs> both teams played hard. Both teams played very hard in, in this <laughs> game. Um, so, it, without further ado, who wants to go first? Uh, I just want to just talk about how 
Marcellus did not pick for one of his picks in the earlier rounds. And I thought that was a really shady maneuver there to uh, vote for his uh, to 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 uh, get his person inserted into the tournament. But don't vote for them. Very, very tricky. I had I had to be honest. And with the matchup, it was just a bad matchup. Well, since he's not here, he will Mahoney. He votes for a kid. So that's one for a kid. Oh, I think you know there's two for A-Kid. Do okay. we? <laughs> oh, okay. what happened to all y'all riding for the brood so hard? Well, I picked A-Kid, so that's what that's going to be. So two A-Kid. <laughs> then I'm going to go ahead and step in and say the brood should be the champion this year, and I'm going to vote for brood. How dare you? The brood shouldn't even have been here. because right. What do you mean the brood shouldn't have been here? <laughs> There's there's a bunch of matchups that matter of fact bring this right back up. I just want to <laughs> let me, let me, I just want to go back really quick. I just want to I want y'all to know who the brew beat to get through here. So last week beating Jericho, like that's that's that is who that shouldn't have beat Stone sense. Cold in the first place, but that don't make any and, and sense. Then, either. And then it beat Edge too. Yep. Like really? Yep. And then Sammy Guerrero. All right, so. Just FYI, Gang Girl would not be winning this tournament this year because I'm going with the impossible of impossible coming out of the 16th seed, and that's a kid. Oh my god, a 16 ship, a 16 seed actually won the ship. Oh my goodness, the winner, the winner is a kid. That'll do it, that will do it, that will do it. Well, it's been fun. Um, Hopefully, uh, for anybody that's been listening to the episodes and checking us out, uh, you know, we want to do more things like this. So if you have any other suggestions, definitely hit us up in the inbox uh, and let us know if you always want to take part in it. We definitely want to make this uh, interactive for our audience to uh, take a part in this and also be influential in selection. So congratulations, Jamal, and your pick in A-Kid. And who picked uh, Gang Grill? That would be me. Okay. Yeah, I, I, I figured that. I figured, I figured that. Also, shout out to Damien, who completely tried to hijack all picks. This, this what do you mean trying to hijack the picks? <laughs> My man out here, he like you can tell he's probably one of the worst Monopoly players to ever play with. Like, oh yeah, <laughs> no, you don't want to play Monopoly. With <laughs> I crush kids' dreams and after two programs <laughs> over Monopoly. Yeah, I, I can see that. I can see that. Well, anyway, folks, um, that will do it tonight. Thank you for tuning in. We'll catch you all next Thursday, 8 p.m. We are live on Twitter, all our social medias, uh, and keep up with all our information at BigGoldBelt.com. So thank you for tuning in, folks, and we'll see you all next week.